This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Winter, spring, summer, fall. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. It's always baseball season and time for talking about your Minnesota Twins. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show, keeping you connected with your team with the latest news, moves, interviews, and more. We have the bases covered. Now, here is your host of the Twins Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome back to the Hot Stove Show. It is our final Hot Stove Show of the year. The, the hot stove is basically done. We have shoveled the ashes out of it because baseball starts tomorrow as the Twins will tangle with Buck Showalter and the Baltimore Orioles on opening day 2018. We are very pleased to be joined by the manager of the 2018 Twins, the 2017 manager of the year, and that is Paul Molitor, joining us from near Chesapeake Bay. And, uh, Paul, first and foremost, uh, congratulations on surviving camp. You know, when I was down there and I just came back on Sunday, uh, the guys seemed ready to go, uh, your staff seemed ready to go, but was there anything that you feel like you would have liked to have seen more of? Was there anything you feel like you could have used just a little bit more time in camp, or were you ready to break and, and get out of there? I think all in all, um, we're pleased. You know, there was a few situations that, in a perfect world, they might have come out a little bit differently. You know, Rosie's uh, not getting a full camp, and, uh, you know, Miggy starting a little bit slowly because of still rehabbing and make sure he was healthy. And, you know, are these guys exactly where you want them to be in terms of the amount of at-bats and live game competition. It's close, but, you know, some of those little things like that. But I think for the most part, our our work was good. The weather was fantastic, unlike Minnesota. And, uh, you know, I I think we're in a good place. We had some competition for a few spots, both positionally as well as um, on the pitching staff. But it's it's cleared itself up, and uh, we're ready to go as far as getting started against the Orioles. And, and we couldn't be more excited about kicking off the year. Before we get into all the details and the ins and outs of the roster and the various transactions, just a, a general vibe question, I guess. Sure. And, and when, I, when I spoke with the guys when I was around the club for the better part of 10 days, even though there's a whole lot of new faces, you know, two guys in the rotation, a handful of guys in the bullpen, a few spattered around the lineup, it feels as if this team has been together longer than that. And the one thing I kept hearing from everybody, whether they be newcomers, uh, rookies, minor league guys, or, or savvy old vets, was that this team feels as if it's kind of all pointed in the right direction from a pretty early stage. Well, I, I think, you know, last year was enjoyable. It was competitive. Uh, we were rewarded with a uh, brief appearance in the postseason, which I think will prove to be valuable moving forward for a lot of these guys. And so, in general, there there's a pretty good feeling about getting back to work. And then I think everyone acknowledges um, from our ownership to our front office personnel, we, we did a really nice job of – not only supplementing areas we thought we could improve upon, but taking advantage of what was a kind of a strange market this winter. And we put ourselves in an even better position. So uh, I'm excited about that. The guys are excited about that. I think it's added to the vibe, if you will. 
Uh, the only cautionary side of that is to make sure that you understand um, however things look going in, there, there's a responsibility of showing up and playing. And that's what we have to do. We haven't had really high expectations here for a while. They've obviously been lifted. And now we have to go out and find a way to respond. Manager Paul Molitor is our guest. Twins open the season tomorrow against Buck Showalter and the Baltimore Orioles. Then a pair of Pittsburgh before the home opener here against the Seattle Mariners. And you mentioned expectations. Uh, and I know you have never shied away from expectations. And I, I think most of your your players feel the same way. They're almost embracing those expectations. But do you have to uh, be cautious or look for red flags perhaps on people uh, or, or or just the general feel of a team in the face of greater expectations and not taking things for granted? I, I think you monitor that pulse, but I'm not too concerned about it because of the makeup of the people that I feel we have on the team. There's a good understanding of these guys and, and what a full season brings in terms of challenges, you know, the highs and the lows. You know, it's kind of a simple message, and it's just that you have to show up and play every day. You come off a, a good win or a tough loss or a tough week, and, and, you know, the next day is what's most important. So expectations, not too concerned about how these guys respond to that. I think they're all just welcoming the chance to get another season kicked off. Now, Brian Dozier mentioned something to me when I asked him about the new faces and even the fact that they kind of staggered into camp at different points mm-hmm. and times. And he said the folks that you've added are all so veteran that it's not like they're new. It's almost as if you've known them before, whether it's from playing against them or just seeing them at various league functions around the league. And he says with a guy like Oda Rizzi or a, a Lance Lynn, it almost feels like they've been around for a long time because in the small world that is baseball, they, they have been, even if they haven't been wearing the same uniform. Do you buy I think that? The, I think the fact that they have played around and these guys have crossed paths and some in some cases maybe more frequently than others, there is a familiarity that makes the transition a little bit more smooth. You know, I think of all the guys, I, I have a pretty good knowledge of maybe Lance Lynn the least amount because other than seeing him pitch on TV a few times and maybe a little bit live, it, it's uh, – you know, maybe a little bit different for him, at least in terms of my, my personal experience. But I think in general, these guys having tenures and, and experience, they've, they've come in and it's it's been relatively seamless. And so I, I think there is a comfortability with our guys as far as the new people that have come in. It is the Twins Hot Stove Show. And whether you're joining us on Facebook Live or uh, maybe you're podcasting us, we are podcastable uh, uh, this year, or you're listening across the network, we're pleased to have you with you. Uh, with us and hope you're excited for opening day tomorrow. Let's talk about roster now. There have been some late uh, uh, changes to that roster and start with the physical uh, status of Phil Hughes. Well, he had a really good camp. I think that he understood from the beginning that he was going to have to come in and compete to get an opportunity to get innings and to possibly in that rotation. And I was happy with the attitude that he took and the way he went about it. You know, unfortunately, after his last outing, he came in and uh, was dealing with a mild oblique injury. We've kind of been monitoring it over the past several days and have decided to go ahead and put him on the disabled list to kick things off just to make sure we get him healthy. And so, uh, you know, that's that's opened the door um, as far as opportunities for other people. You know, we, we've locked in on the bottom end of the bullpen now with uh, with Kinley and with, with Moya. And, uh, you know, coming out with eight men in the pen, the four-man rotation, I, I think it gives us a lot of flexibility, especially with the off days. But hopefully Phil... We'll be back throwing here in the near term, and he'll put himself in the mix to go ahead and be a part of that rotation once we need a fifth spot. I know that so much goes into uh, the chatter around the 25 men who start on the roster, but, Paul, in this day and age, 
it takes about 35 major league caliber players and good ones to be competitive. So uh, is it simply a matter of, okay, these are the 25, but the people that maybe were some of sure. the guys you had to send over to, to camp, they, they know that they're going to be needed at some point as well. Well, I think they do know it. It, it doesn't take away the disappointment, uh, especially people that have had some experience up here. You know, they, it's just a matter of there's so much focus on that opening 25-man roster that that's going to start the season that people want to be a part of, and I get that. But our message is always, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather be on the roster at the end of the year than at the beginning of the year if there was if there was one to have to choose between the two. So we went through plenty of people last year, especially with the pitching, and I think it's just a matter of time for some of these guys that we've seen in the past, whether it's, you know, guys like Duffy and Busanitz and Mejia and some of those people. And then you talk about our young guys that are continually to grow uh, in terms of closeness to their opportunity up here, you know, the Romeros and Gonzalez and, and some of the other people that, that we've seen up here that know have a chance to contribute somewhere along the way. As for your position players, how did the final roster spot shake out? Well, it was a little bit different in the fact that uh, with the su- suspension of Jorge, we, we had to do uh, a little bit more searching to fill it out. But we've ended up adding, adding Ryan Lamar uh, as a guy to our roster. Um, Zach Granite being returned to the minor leagues uh, to go ahead and give him a chance to, to play a little bit more regularly and get consistent at bats. Lamar had, has had a nice camp. He obviously has revamped his swing from his past experiences. He's had a glimpse of the big leagues, but he has a chance now to come in here as a fourth or fifth outfielder. Uh, he can run. He can play all the positions. He's taken good at bats, and, and, and that's the addition that we've been waiting to make here in the last couple of days. Now, Ryan's in-laws, of course, live in Edina. Has there been talk in the room between you, Derek, Thad, Ryan, about carpooling maybe to the ballpark <laughs> or how that's going to ride sharing? Uh, you know, I've heard a lot about his experiences in Minnesota. He's a huge hockey guy, you know, with Michigan ties and he was more concerned about Michigan making the, the, the Frozen Four than the Final Four in basketball. But, yeah, uh, when you start talking about neighborhoods in Edina, and he's very specific about his knowledge, you know he's had, had some time up there in the Twin Cities. That could make for some awkward days in the uh, coffee shop line there. As, uh, Ryan Lamar, yeah. congrats to him. And, you know, you make a great point. He's had some time in the big leagues. And, and with the exception of Kinley, everybody on your roster has had some time in the big leagues. So you won't have that. Uh, necessary pie-eyed opening sure. day, oh my gosh, sort of feeling. But it is different when you make your first opening day roster, isn't it? Because for guys like Trevor Hildenberger, sure, they've been in the big leagues, but never stood on that line on opening day. Yeah, you know, it is uh, it is just one game, but there's, there's something unique about the start of a baseball season and, and going out on the line. Um, we're going to have a chance to experience three opening days here the first week with Baltimore and Pittsburgh and then coming back home next week. So, yeah, for, for those guys that haven't done that, even though they've had a taste of the big leagues, it'll be special for them. It's Paul Molitor. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show. Back with more with the Twins manager in a moment on your home for Twins baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show final edition. It is uh, opening day eve. And, Paul, is it a little goofy for you to be talking about an opening day on a Thursday after so many years of thinking that what a Monday in Cincinnati is the way the season right. generally starts? Well, you know, they've tweaked that in order to uh, try to increase the off days, um, however minimally, throughout the course of the year. And I know that there's a, some concern about how far we go into the fall now with games into early November. But, yeah, you know, we're opening on March 29th, which I think is the earliest opening in Twins history, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, the, the weekend series coming out of the gate, it, it's just – you know, it really doesn't affect you that much other than the fact that you know historically it's been something different. 
I want to talk specifically here up top in the in the show a little bit about this series with the Baltimore Orioles. Seems like we open with Baltimore almost every year. I know Buck Showalter was not mm-hmm. pleased uh, that you guys were forced to face each other in an exhibition game that close uh, to opening day. Uh, but matching wits with Buck right out of the gate, uh, what do you see in his Orioles club? Is it going to be more of the same, great bullpen, sluggers, uh, or do you see some changes over there? Well, you know, they've, they've changed some personnel. Uh, they've had the Trumbo injury and, and, and some other things that have transpired. Historically, they've been a team, especially in their park, to kind of try to hit that three-run homer, even back to the early Weaver days, and it really hasn't changed all that much. We have noticed a little bit more aggressive mindset of running the bases and, and maybe taking chances of stealing a base or hitting and running, things like that. But, yeah, you know, we know Buck, and we know he knows the game as well as anybody. He's a master with his bullpen. So it's just a matter of us going out there and trying to take care of our own stuff. Jake Odorizzi will make his first opening day start. Uh, he seems like such a confident guy, just a coolie easygoing, confident guy in the way he goes about his business. Uh, but I imagine he had to be a little bit excited. The meter had to run a little hot sure. for him when, when you told him. Yeah, you know, I think that getting to know the new guys has been, you know, one of the more enjoyable parts of the camp for me. Um, as, as you mentioned, you know, you see Jake across the way when he's pitching for Tampa and you see the composure and, and the uh, just the tremendous feel that he has for pitching in general. And he's never been a guy who's had a ton of innings in spring training. He hasn't needed a ton of work, but he feels sharp and ready to go. He looked really good in his last outing. And so the, the news about opening day, the way it you know, things shook out. It's just an opportunity. I think he understands to get that nod, you know, shows that we have confidence in him. And, and But you temper it by the fact that it's hopefully one of 31, 32 starts along the way. When you look at uh, early season, so much over the grind of a, of a regular season is about preparation and the work that's done, scouting and your advanced scouts, the work that Jeremy Hefner and his, his mm-hmm. guys do. When you're starting a season and the teams are new, you can only learn so much watching them in the Grapefruit League. Is there a difference in terms of preparation? Is it more focused inward than on the opponent, or do you find ways to to attack that animal differently at the start of the year? Well, I think that as the season goes on, um, the trends are a little bit more reliable. It's not that you don't use past information, but you never know what kind of tweaks any individual player has made offensively or on the mound, and so you have to kind of monitor that. But I think the best thing that you can do with my coaches and myself is to, to understand our players as best we can and where they're at and try to put them in the right spots and give them a chance to be successful. You're, you're certainly cognizant of the opponent and some of the things they're capable of individually and collectively, but we're going to try to take care of our, our things first, and, and hopefully that transfers into competitive baseball right out of the gate. And obviously with the bullpen, it's always going to be malleable in terms of when you use different guys. And you've yeah. spoken openly about you're going to find that maybe that where the game's on the line for Addison Reed, sure. whether it's the fifth inning or the, the eighth inning, is that uh, all open game right from the get-go well, in game one? Yeah, you know, we've we've had some talks, including yesterday in D.C., about, you know, just how specific we can make roles. I think we're all comfortable with the fact that you know Duke and Reed and and Rodney will be guys that we go to for big outs and games that we feel that we should be winning and and those other guys have a lot of confidence that that we have in them as well so yeah it's going to be you know all hands on deck out of the gate we have some off days where we can hopefully keep guys fresh and we have enough people out there to protect against any short starts that we might have weather or performance uh, related so obviously it's a good situation for us I'm not really happy about all the off days we have early because I think there's some flow that needs to 
to be developed, but uh, we'll adjust accordingly. Uh, do you have a strong feeling either way about opening uh, on the road or at home? One thing about being on the road is it's just you guys. You can kind of bunker up a little bit without all the distractions of finding places to live and families and whatnot. Do you feel strongly either way? Uh, not really a preference. I, You know, my days as a player, um, if we opened in Toronto, that was fine because we had a roof. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I, I don't give too much thought to the schedule. Once I once it comes out, I peruse it and see, get a little bit of an idea and a feel for the, how the trends of the year might go. But, yeah, you know, we were out here in Baltimore a couple of years ago, and it didn't go particularly well. So I, I think that for the guys that were here are aware of that, and, and hopefully we go out there with a different outcome. Yeah, and last year when we went to Baltimore, one of the bigger series of the year, you guys came out with a sweep, and it was uh, it was a big three-game set. Paul Molitor is our guest joining us from back east, and we will step aside one more time. When we come back, more from Paul Molitor about the opening day lineup and some of the folks we can see, just how healthy is Eddie Rosario, all that and more, and it's straight ahead on your home for Twins Baseball. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. Chris Atterbury live from our network headquarters here at Target Field. Paul Molitor getting ready for the opener in Baltimore tomorrow as the Twins and the Orioles will duel. It's going to be Jake Odorizzi and Dylan Bundy. You talked about Eddie Rosario off the top, mm-hmm. and Rosario missed some time. It was uh, an arm issue. He has played in left field since then. Now, one of the things about spring training, you can put him out there. You can't guarantee he's going to get any balls or get tested. Uh, where is he physically, and do you have any concerns about Eddie? Uh, not really. If I do, it's like I mentioned earlier on that he hasn't played a ton. We got him over to the minor league side a couple of days just to get some extra at-bats to see more live pitching. You know, I think defensively he, he's going to be fine. I, You know, is it 100%? I, I can't say that it, maybe he's at his max in terms of what he can do with the baseball once he tries to unload it. But, you know, Rossi's a guy that doesn't need a lot of play. You, you show him up, you turn the lights on, and he's pretty much ready to go. Obviously, Polanco's suspension uh, is the type of thing that can really hamstring a club. He's a very important player. You guys have cultivated depth, however. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we know about Eduardo, to Escobar, when he's been tapped on the shoulder, whether it's at third or it's short in years past, uh, the man has always responded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's been around him now for a number of years, and he's always responded to opportunities. He's been patient and professional when he hasn't played a, a lot, but it seems like one way or another he always finds his way in there, including the Sano injury last year down the stretch. So, you know, I tabbed him as my most regular guy here going forward. I know Adrianza can do a nice job as well, but to have his bat in there from the start will be good. So, you know, I know he was disappointed disappointed uh, in the fact that one of his teammates is having to endure a suspension, but, you know, it bodes well for giving him a chance to start out the season as a regular shortstop. Yeah, last year, one of the critical backbones of your success was defense. Not just the flashy plays, and sure. we saw plenty of them, but throwing to the right base, being in the right spot, collective team defense. Sometimes when you have success doing that, you lose focus on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen any of that, and has that been reemphasized as, as a critical infrastructure well, to this it, club success? Yeah, you know, it was part of uh, my opening day spiel here down in camp that we had to continue that and understand how significant it was in the way that we played last year. You know, you just hope that the guys that have been around, they, they, they see the difference, you know, being smart with the baseball on the defensive side and the way it can contribute not only to winning and losing games, but protecting your starting pitching and all those type of things that, you know, play a big role in how your season unfolds so 
I'm fairly confident we're going to be another a good defensive team again. You know, we'll just hopefully get off to a good start in that department. That's the voice of Paul Molitor, kind enough to join us here on our final Hot Stove Show of 2018. The Twins open the 2018 schedule against the Orioles tomorrow. We've got one final segment with the Twin Skipper that's coming up right after this on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Chris Atterbury, welcoming you back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Glad to have you with us. Uh, whatever means you're using to join our program here tonight, and certainly looking forward to welcoming you across the network as the Twins open up the 2018 campaign tomorrow against the Baltimore Orioles. Paul Molitor is our guest. He'll be making out the opening day lineup card tomorrow. How long will you wait before you put those names down, Paul, or have you had them in ink for a while now? Well, it hasn't been for a while. I, I've toyed with a few things when we've had a chance to play our regulars, if you will, which is difficult in spring training, especially with the mandatory you know, four regulars on the road and all those type <laughs> of things. It's a little tricky in that we have five natural left-handers as part of our regular rotation offensively. It's inevitable that I'm going to have to put a couple of those guys back-to-back, and it's just trying to map out uh, not only how we're swinging the bats, but how dangerous their left-handed bullpen might be and some of those things and where we might pinch hit along the way and pressure we can put on uh, the opposing manager to make good choices and how he is trying to close out ball games. So, you know, my gut right now is is I'm I'm going to go ahead and uh, leave the first three alone with, with Doge and Joe and Miguel, and I'm going to try the combination of Rosario and Morris in 4-5 with Escobar hitting sixth, and then, you know, the depth of our lineup, especially with the addition of Morrison, gives me a chance to put Kepler and Buxton uh, down there in the bottom bottom trio along with Castro. Yeah, that makes for a very dangerous bottom third of the order. And you talk about depth in your lineup. Inevitably, over the course of the year, you have to reach down to the minor leagues. Last year, a lot of those guys hadn't been in a big league ball game before. How comfortable do you feel knowing that you have major league tested depth at the AAA level? I think it's really important. I, I think that we, you know, obviously with all the pitchers we used last year, we knew that we had some depth there. We were trying to improve the quality, maybe uh, and upgrade it a little bit. And just the guys that were here last year are going to start the year in AAA. It's going to be formidable with their rotation down there with Mejia and Slaggers and Romero and, and some of the people that will be getting the baseball. So we feel good about that as well as the bullpen guys. And then, you know, offensively, we really try to protect ourselves as far as the next wave of position players that we might need. Some of the people that we brought into camp that have had some experience and, and will be down there as well. So I, I think we're in good shape when we're going to have to tap down to AAA. Uh, how about keeping tabs on your mound visits? I talked to Jason Castro. Yeah. He says he doesn't think it's going to be an issue at all. Is that something that you and uh, Derek Shelton are at all concerned with? You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned. It's obviously a change, and we have to be uh, cognizant throughout the course of the game of how we're using those. I, I, I compare it to a basketball coach kind of holding on to your timeouts for down the stretch, and it's just breaking some old habits, you know, things that, we do normally the infielders walking a pitcher back to his spot after backing up a base or covering a base and you know you catch you every time that you have a mix-up you want to go run out there you just have to find different ways to communicate that without burning those things up too too much of a fashion that are that are wasteful because the fact that we have the the six limitation but i think we'll be fine too we're just going to have to be aware and be smart about it as we start the season final thought paul before you get on into 2018 the hardest part for you i know during camp is having to tell a guy that they're done or they're headed over to the minor league mm-hmm. side. That's a, that's a horrible position to be in. Yeah. But you get the payoff when you stand there at home plate and you look down that line and you see the smiles on faces of whether it's players or a guy like Garvin Alston as they celebrate that very, sure. very special moment. How exciting is that for you? Well, it's going to be tremendous. I don't think I've ever lost sight of just how, you know, fortunate to be in a major league uniform to kick off another season. And I think it's true. You know, you talk about Garvin and being the pitching coach and, 
and uh, some of the players, their first opening day. You know, we're going to take in the moment. We'll enjoy the emotion of that and the adrenaline that, that it provides. And then we're going to go out there and try to play some good baseball. We can't wait to get back and see our fans in Minnesota. We're anticipating a very exciting uh, spring and summer and fall of baseball. And, and we appreciate the support that the Twins territory gives us. Yeah, Paul, it feels like uh, last season just ended. Now we get to turn the page, start from scratch. Best of luck in game one and uh, have fun. And we'll see you when you get back here for uh, opening day target field next week. Yeah, look forward to it, man. We'll uh, we'll be ready. All right, that's Paul okay. Molitor. No Thanks. doubt he and his team will be ready. It's going to be Jake Odorizzi and Dylan Bundy to get the season uh, off and running tomorrow. And, of course, you can hear it all across our network. Big thanks to Paul Molitor and all our guests throughout the winter on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Time to put out the stove because it's baseball season. You can join us tomorrow for the opener right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.